Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. to the DNVR Broncos podcast coming to you live from Studio M once again. The M today stands for Malik. Oh, I thought we were going to say Mobile. Well, yes, it does stand for Mobile. That's how I got the name Studio M in the first place. Oh, but I today, see. I'm picking Marine it up now, 24 hours later. Today it stands for Malik. Malik Willis, the absolute star of the show. It also stands for MSU Denver Online. MSU Denver Online. The presenting sponsor of this show, and of course, the best place to go if you're working a full-time job yep. and looking to further that education, so then you can later get a better full-time job. Check them out, msudenver.edu slash online today. All right, boys, there's no need to hesitate. Actually, yes, there is. We had some amazing barbecue after practice today. That's why we're a little bit late, because yesterday we made the fatal flaw that we've made every single time we've ever come to Mobile, which is... We go to practice, practice ends, we're like, oh, let's just get a little bit of work done, and then we'll go nope. eat dinner. Let's get a lot of bit of work done. We always end up getting a lot of bit of work done, and then realizing, oh, right, this isn't like a big city where restaurants are open until the wee hours of the morning. No, everything closes pretty much at 9 o'clock, and so then we miss out on all the good food that everyone always talks about down here. That's right. So today we're like, we're not letting that happen. So we went to Dreamland Barbecue, and we feasted, and it was amazing. Then we got back, and now we're here with you guys to talk a little Senior Bowl action. And more than anything else today, it was rainy. Oh, boy, it was a rainy, but that did not stop the Senior Bowl from playing outside. So we stood in the rain for, what, five hours yes. to watch four hours of football? Well, we didn't exactly stand in the rain. We got to the stadium, and we looked like where everyone else was standing. You could barely see the field from where everyone was. On, where, from where we, everyone was. So I was like, Let's, we can do better than this. So we walked over, and we found like this little corner area where you could essentially stand underneath the bleachers but still look out and see. I thought we originally found the best seat in the house. Then, <laughs> about uh, at the beginning of the second practice, we realized, oh, there's no one really manning that area over there uh, from a security standpoint that's supposed to stop us from going underneath that tent, which is reserved for NFL personnel. Mm -hmm. So we just went there and watched the whole practice from there. And that was very, very, very nice because we were completely protected by that tent. And we probably had the best view of the house of anyone, any media. Yeah, you'd think, though, then when they went to the opposite side, I had to leave you guys get drenched a little, miss some great quarterback play. <laughs> But I've got, I've got, I've got trench reports for everyone. Yeah, we got uh, trench reports. Trench running. reports as trench they were getting trenched. Yes. Trench oh, reports. Wow. Trench wow. reports in the trenches. Yep. Uh, but as we were over With there, trenches. Uh, in I guess that would probably be the south end zone, if I were guessing. Uh, it's I don't know total guess. Without total the, guess. Without well, where's the mountain? 
There's no mountain. No, the mountain. Oh, Daniel. To guide us. Yeah. Yeah. He I didn't was... hear any Falele talk today from Dre. <laughs> yeah, he, stock. He's, uh, he's large. That's what he's got going yeah, for him. Falele um, stock is flailing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So, so are we going? Do you want to just jump right into the rankings? Yeah, I think like we have to. The quarterback rankings, right? All right, let's go reverse order then, mm-hmm. uh, and work our way up to number one. So we start at number six. You got? Do you, you have a question for the class? I don't have a question. <laughs> we start at number six. Uh, consensus number six. I think it is a consensus number six. Uh, Zach, did Mace has the same have the same number six as us? Um. We have a top three from Mace. Oh, okay. We'll get to okay then. Uh, number six, I think, uh, is is Desmond Ritter, um, and that's what's. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of unfortunate for him because I feel like he actually did make like two or three eye popping plays, but yeah. you can't. Two or three eye popping plays cannot get you through a practice when just about everything else is slop. Um, a lot of easy misses, a lot of inaccurate throws in short areas. Uh, a lot of holding on to the ball, which we talked about yesterday. Mm-hmm. And yesterday we had Desmond Ritter as number five. Bailey Zappi yep. today, um, as I said, it was Zappi hour out there. He got it rolling a little bit. He started making some throws. He started making me understand because yesterday I did not understand right. how he was right, able right, to put right. up those insane stats. Today I started to say, okay, yeah, I can see why he, you know, he's able to deliver the ball on time. He's able to make anticipatory throws. Um, put the ball in nice spots. And so to me, in terms of just consistent play, he was yeah. a lot more consistent than Ritter yeah. today. You put Ritter at six, Zappy at five. Yeah, Zappy's arm was was lit today, whereas mm-hmm. yesterday it did not look good. And that was even more impressive because this guy looks like he's my size on the field. And we were throwing in rain today. So the fact that he was able to, to have some zip on it was impressive. I didn't some think – I didn't, Yeah, exactly. I didn't think Ritter's day was, was bad. Like yesterday I was really disappointed – in him and Zappy, yeah. uh, but today I actually just thought that Zappy was better. So I thought I thought the the floor for this group today was pretty darn high. Yeah, yeah we, I think that's as a we great put point. in the highlight of him yeah. getting nearly picked there. Um, no interceptions yet this entire time. There has been. There has been. There has not been many from no. all no, six quarterbacks. Not many. And I remind you, these are merely our senior bowl rankings. Uh, they'll be. All the draft season to do actual rankings and go back to the tape and everything. We are merely talking about these two days. And I agree with the guys. Zappy ahead of Ritter. Ritter improved, but there are a lot of concerns with what we're seeing in practice. Just with his decisiveness and like getting the ball out and on time regularly. I'd put him in like the Kellen Mond world, right? That's exactly mm, what I was wow. going to say. And if uh, you're looking for a guy, you just want to roll the dice and say, "Hey, let's, you know, let's take a guy cuz you you should always take a quarterback in my yeah. opinion." There you go. Take Desmond Ritter and just pray to the high heavens that with a great quarterback's coach, it all comes together for him. Mm-hmm. What does uh, Mike Zimmer think of Kellen Mond? Um, he, what did he say? <laughs> he says, do you, do, do, Coach, do you need to see Kellen Mond this week? Nope. Well, why is that? Uh, see him every day in practice. <laughs> <laughs> and That's you know, the quote of the year. Now, <laughs> Kellen Mond isn't isn't necessarily uh, the exact same person as, as Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter could turn out to be very different. But what was Kellen Mond? He was, what, a, a, a third-round pick or a fourth-round pick or something like that? I think a third round I think he was a third-round right. pick. I think he's later than that. I think Desmond Ritter is going to be somewhere right around there. And to me – I'm I'm done with those. I'm done with day two picks. If you want to get a day three guy, that's truly just you know a, a gamble. And if he turns out, he turns out. But he's Zappy not your plan. A day two, exactly. A day two guy though, you're kind of hoping he turns into the guy. So you put bigger plans on the back burner because you're like, we got this guy. No, Broncos can't do that. I'm with you on that. Uh, where was Mon taken? Top oh. of round three. Okay, top of round three. All right, yeah. Good Got call. It. Good call, boys. Yeah, that, that feels like the spot uh, for Ritter. Um, yeah. And it's just – it's stuff that I've seen so many times, right? you got the big arm. You've got the size. You've got athleticism. Putting it all together and making it look like quarterback play yeah. is a whole different world. And all does right. he have the big arm? <clears throat> well – It flashes at yeah. times, but – it's certainly not as live as some of these guys we're about to talk about. Right. Here is, in my opinion, at number four, 
the upset of the senior bowl. Mm, not in a good <laughs> and way. And not in a good way. Kenny Pickett, we all agree, is the fourth best quarterback through two days at the senior bowl. And I don't think a lot of people would have expected that. Uh, this is a guy who, I, I don't even know if it's arguable, uh, the guy who had the best season out of any of these people. Without I guess you could make the argument that maybe Zappy had the better season, but different Fair level enough. of competition. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, this is a guy who lit up uh, the college football season this sure year. Did. was awesome, made tons of great plays, and maybe there's like a gamer thing going for him, which you know, is a tough thing to gamble on as a coach um, because he clearly, you know, played really well yep. in the ACC this year. Yep. But he just doesn't look to be the same caliber as the top three guys right now. Uh, and clearly the conditions today, I think, affected him as much, if not more, than anyone else. He did not look crisp. It looked like he was aiming the ball every time he had it to me. He was he was accurate on the short stuff, but it, accurate. it just looked like he was throwing changeups because he didn't want to rip it with the way the with the way the ball was. I I was just expecting to see this guy that was super athletic that was going to blow me away with his athleticism, take off, manipulate the pocket, move well in the pocket, and then also have this really live arm. Isn't that kind of what we heard about him this season, the season he had, and then also especially this past month he had really been heating up, but we haven't seen that. We, yeah. we we've seen a light version of what he's an extra light version of what he's supposed to be uh Buana wants to know is is uh he outside of mesa's top three as well um he is outside of mesa's top three. Oh, so that's, that's consensus huge. outside of the top three and i would assume he's probably mesa's number four if we were to ask mm-hmm. again based on what we're seeing today now i will say i thought Pickett, who this was probably the biggest day considering the hand size concerns and how that relates to your ability to play in weather, um, I thought he did a good enough – he had a good enough day. He didn't raise major concerns to me of like, oh, this guy can't, you know, fit fit the ball through through the weather. He was, he was accurate on the short stuff, a little shy about trying yes. deeper stuff. He got it on the money, a lot of drops, which you noted. He did have a lot of drops. And I think – now, again – on passes, throws that we felt were on the money Accurate. and should have been caught, you do wonder. He doesn't have the tightest spiral. Very Peyton manning kind of tails off, you know. Is that harder to catch in the elements? Is that part of the small hand size? He's the next Peyton Manning? I wasn't watching when we far played from, uh, some, of the pick, uh, some of the picket B-roll that we had. So I just want to see if there's an example of what I'm talking about here where I didn't feel like he was actually throwing the ball. I felt like he was tossing it. Here we go. Let's see if you can see it on this. Um, not a, all right. Let's look at Kenny. Yeah, this is see, just look, he looks tiny back there. This there it is. Can you you can see it so clearly yeah. there yeah. that he is not ripping the ball. He's he's afraid to kind of let it rip. He's pushing the ball out there into space. Well, and that's a um, what a that's a 15 yard throw right there, and the the way it's coming out of his hand and the projectile yeah. looks like it's supposed to be a 45 yard throw, but no, yeah. it's only 15 yards. There's no zip on it. He, he was very uncomfortable with the wet ball. Well, uh, and it gets there late, so by the time the wide receiver has gone up and grabbed it, it's already contested. He almost doesn't come down with it, yep, right? Yeah. Um, this next one is Trey McBride catch, which is really good. Sweet. I'll, I'll, we'll we'll talk a little bit. Well, we can show this now. Yeah, um, I like. I by like the way, this. huge shout out to Mace for getting all this footage, standing out there Incredible in the rain, stuff, yeah. just getting drenched uh, to be able to, to for us to have footage like this on the show, which is. I think incredible to have. This was um, near the beginning of practice, and this this may have been the catch of the day from Trey McBride here. Kenny Pickett, very ill-advised throw, and look at that. So I mean, Trey Mc, just beautiful. Uh, uh, it's not ill-advised if Trey yeah. McBride is out there. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of the gutsiest throws we saw all day, probably right. Yeah. Certainly from it, Pickett, the last two days. Where was the defender? The defender was behind him and outside. And where did he put the ball? Behind yeah, him yeah. and it outside. It wasn't a great throw. Well, that's the thing. I think his placement. Leaves leaves you wanting a little more, you know. Yeah, and if I'm you're gonna sh- be the accurate underneath guy, placement is everything to lead your guys and allow them to create those extra yards. If you're not gonna do it for them, let me know? ask you this, Trey. I, I would, okay, I'll just ask you this instead of me saying what I think. Was he the guy with the highest stock coming in here? Yeah, no doubt. So has he no hurt doubt. his stock since he got here? 
He has to have, right? He has to have. And again, I wouldn't say it's so much anything he's done to hurt himself, but when when seen parallel with the others, he just feels less special. Mm-hmm. Mm, and special is a word that I'm going to use a lot as we move down this list. Okay, let's... People are asking, where is uh, yeah, Mace had uh, other media stuff that he had to do at the same time that we were recording this. Um, he has his radio show that uh, overlaps with the time that we're doing this. Obviously, when we're in Denver, it's a lot easier for us to coordinate schedules than when we're working ourselves around two uh, senior bowl pro- uh, practices is the word I was looking for. All right, let's move our way down into number three. Yeah, number three, Carson Strong, and I believe he's number three for everyone here. Did you have a number three? I think you moved him up to number two. Oh. I did. I did. So now we have a little bit more uh, to argue about because you and Mace had the same top three and me and Zach had the same mm-hmm. top three. So you'll have to argue on behalf uh, of yourself and we assume for, for a lot of the same reasons that Mace would be arguing. So you at number three have Sam Howell. Yes. Who was number one consensus for the three of us yesterday, That's not right. Mace. That's right. Um, so how did, why did he drop from one to three today? Thought he played incredibly steady, Hal did today. Um, like everything I'm seeing from athletic standpoint, just a, a confidence and swagger. Ball comes out well. Uh, purely arm talent and what we saw today and even to some extent yesterday – that arm from Strong ticks up enough to give him an advantage. Strong really impressive, and it just he is he doesn't care. He is here to show off that arm. He has full confidence in that arm. At least today, that was clear. I know you feel as good as his arm can look that it doesn't tick up into special, special. air. We're gonna go back to that word a few times here. Which, hey, I don't necessarily disagree, but what I saw in being able to just push the ball vertically, complete confidence, no issue, really impressive in the elements today. Every other part of his game is concerning, but I am going to give him credit for the strengths he has showcased consistently and with confidence the last two days. I mean, we saw these other guys throw 35 to 40-yard passes today and have success. He was throwing 50-yard passes today in the wind. I loved his confidence, loved his strong arm, and he was just ripping it. There was nothing nothing special to him. Mm -hmm. It was just go down the sideline, and I'm going to throw it 50 yards down the field. And he was putting the ball where it needed to be. So I really liked him. And one of the things about Carson Strong is yesterday he was in that Tier 2 to me, uh, and there was a big gap between tier two and tier one Mm -hmm. today he's still in that tier two but much closer to tier one well that's because i think tier one is a one a one-man tier Mm. um he's in love he's in love yes but i want to say of carson strong you know where i think his arm talent is special is in throwing the deep ball and there's a difference between having a strong arm and throwing a great deep ball that's very right um there are guys in the nfl who don't have the strongest arms but throw incredibly accurate deep ball i think tom brady uh, is an example of you know some guy who his arm talent doesn't you don't you don't look at him and say that yes. guy has an electric arm correct but he puts the ball in the right spot and he has that deep ball arm talent well, let's talk and, about on the flip side really quick Drew Locke has a very yes. live zappy electric arm and I deep think ball accuracy inconsistent it, extremely because I think he had the worst deep ball accuracy the the only year he was a full time starter exactly so that's Mac per- Jones another great recent example great deep ball accuracy i would never say Great super arm. strong arm right so now. that is something where Great carson point, strong <laughs> that is something where carson <laughs> strong is showing himself to be special i think that he has the most special deep ball yeah. uh, of anyone here and sam howell i would say is right behind him totally, in that totally. in terms of throwing beautiful passes um deep so for me strong number three great job to jump up into uh, that tier today and it was clear that he was unbothered by the right, conditions, right. which he was the only one who could have said that in the first practice. Um, didn't care. And I love – he was getting hype out there. The only guy I've seen really, like, fist pump and jump up and down and just, like, 
bring the energy, bring the vibes. Um, I love seeing that from Carson Strong. And on top of that, Ryan, we're seeing him show off the athleticism a little bit. Now, there's not much athleticism to work with, but he is really trying to show that, that look, I was a 100% statue last year Mm -hmm. because I came back six months after my injury instead of giving it the full year. In fact, he talked about that yesterday. He's really trying to show that if he has to escape, he can still do that. And he's not a a runner by any means, but he's showing that he's – Better than Peyton Manning yeah, at the end of his yeah. career. Yeah, yes, he's definitely a step above wow. that. All right. So, you know what? Here's what we're going to do. There he is. I'm going to tell you guys about the DNVR bar real there quick. Come down is. to the DNVR bar. I, it's one of the – I just miss being there right now. You know, yeah, the big, Mecca? Big games on tonight. Uh, nuggets tipping off here, I believe, in just a few minutes against the Jazz. I wish I was at the DNVR bar hanging out right now. Uh, but I guess I'll settle for being here with you guys in Mobile. Yeah. Uh, hop on down there tonight. Get yourself some Breck Brews. Get yourself our delicious chicken sandwich or any of the other great things. Oh, have to shout out Kale. Kale turned me on to the barbecue pork grilled cheese the other day. Whoa. And it absolutely slapped. So, again, every time I try something new, I'm like, oh, okay, all right, this is – this is solid, uh, and it's even more than that. So go down there, get yourself a chicken sandwich or the barbecue, pulled pork, grilled cheese. So many options down there. Check out the DNVR bar. And you got to check out our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook where they're giving you 56 to 1 odds. If you bet $5 on either team to win the Super Bowl, you will win $280 in free bets if that team wins. And there's no better way to start your account than with that. And we're going to have so many props to cover over the next 10 days leading up to the Super Bowl. You guys are going to have it covered on bets next week. We're going to have it covered on Broncos. So there's no better place to turn than our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. not only that, they're giving you odds boost every single day, and it is so oh. much fun. So head to the App Store now, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now, and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to get this can't-miss offer. That's $5 to win $280 by betting on in, on either team to win the Super Bowl. That's code DNVR at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. It didn't happen today, but yesterday... The sun peeked through, yeah. and, and you know that feeling when the sun just hits your skin, and all of a sudden you're just like, man, I could go for a strawberry sky. Mm-hmm. That, that happened to me yesterday. Uh, so <laughs> I mentioned Breck Brews down at the DMVR bar, but you, you can get them just about anywhere. You can use the Breck Brew locator on their website to find the nearest Breck Brews near you and get yourself a strawberry sky, which I believe to be the most refreshing beer out there. But, of course, there's plenty other a great beers from our friends over at Breckenridge Brewery, including the Breck Lager, uh, Vanilla Porter, Avalanche Amber, which is famous worldwide. So check out our friends over at Breckenridge Brewery and get you some of those delicious Breck brews. All right, guys. Well, that leaves two guys. because I, I can't say the top two. It's the top two for Zach and I. <laughs> yeah. You jumped up strong. So we let's outnumber start. you here, though, Dre. So, I got uh, it. I got it. Mace is with me, and that's all that <laughs> yes. matters. Uh, so let's start with Sam Howell, who today I thought just doubled down on what he did yesterday. Um, it wasn't quite as flashy. He didn't show the legs yep. nearly as much as he did yesterday, but made some really nice throws, um, especially in the one-on-one period where we're seeing that he can really feather in a deep ball. Mm -hmm. Um, And and that's really the only time where we're seeing these guys really get to attempt deep throws. Um, That was a great catch. Um, So, you you know, we're not seeing them air it out quite as much in the 11-on-11 stuff, but it's clear he has a really nice touch on that pass when he looks down the field. Uh, And, and again, that was was probably his worst throw of the day. (laughs) But – there were some inconsistencies from him. I just think, uh, to the me, he's been, too. I think if he scored every single throw, I think you would probably score out the best. Yes, um, I agree. In terms of just being steady, being consistent. I agree. Con- you know, it, I, I don't know how you would score every single throw and how you would scale that in terms of distance and all that, but it's like seven, 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 you know, just yeah. solid, consistent. There was a couple ducks, and everyone has those. Um, but out of everyone, I think he has the least – plays uh, so far and on top of that he had two tens today where in one-on-ones he hit two 40 to 45 yard deep balls for touchdowns uh one of them what was it was a really good ball the other one was a perfect ball uh the receiver was outstretched in the end zone running full speed and it just hit him right where you want to hit him and that's just that's that's the uh, the hope 
for Sam Howell is that he can do that command an offense, be able to run, but then he's he's money on those long balls. And today he was, and uh, I was really uh, Kenny Pickett and Sam Howell were trending in different directions this year. Sam Howell came into this oh, yeah. this past year being the number oh, one yeah. overall pick for this draft. Kenny Pickett came in as as a no one. I mean, we're talking like a thirteen touchdown, nine interception guy his first four years in college. That's yeah. kind of the quarterback he was. Then he explodes, and Sam Howell has a tough year. So they're trending in opposite directions. And now you've seen the Senior Bowl it start to go the other way. Mm-hmm. Now we see Kenny Pickett come back to earth, and we see Sam Howell really emerging as a potential, yeah. you know, top quarterback in this draft. Yeah, I like Sam Howell. Um, if if you had to ask me right now, like, is there what quarterbacks would you be okay with the Broncos drafting? He would make my list. I, it's tough for me to decide if I would put Carson Strong on the list, but it would. Obviously, we're working our way towards talking about Malik Willis. Um, he and, and Sam Howell would, would be on the list of guys where I'm like, okay, if you love this guy and you're willing to go get him mm-hmm. and you're going to build around him, I'm okay with that. And and to me, when you use that word special, I think he has a little bit of special sprinkled on him. Um, but I, I don't know if I can wait any longer. Unless you – is there anything else? You talked a little bit about Sam earlier. No. Okay, I can't wait any longer to talk about Malik Willis because that word special just came out of my mouth. And I think he has a lot of special. Now, that does not mean he is a finished product. And that's clear that he just needs to be refined. But I expected worse, I guess, in terms of his – how raw he is. Yeah. He's got a lot going for him. And he has special to me. He has a special arm and he has special feet. And the mix of that is enough for me to like start to fall for him uh, as an option for the Denver Broncos. I just look at like when you, when you, when you go back and you look at these plays that we have B roll of him, like of him scrambling up and down the field, he goes on one play. It's a 40 yard run on the next play. It's a 40 yard pass. It's just like, this is the type of stuff that can get you, get you going, get you out of your seat when it comes to the Denver Broncos trying to find their next quarterback. He he has special to me. That clip is perfect, and we referenced the clip yesterday where he made the play of the day. He's made some of his best plays on these bad snaps, and that's what makes these really great quarterbacks in the AFC special. When a play doesn't go their way, like a busted snap, they have the tools, traits, and talent to overcome those mistakes and still get a positive out of you. Boys, we were here together three years ago. Gun to your head. Rawr at this point in their career, Malik Willis or Josh Allen. Mere rawness as a quarterback. It's so hard to talk about this because people don't realize how raw Josh Allen really was. Um, They should look up his Wyoming stats to try and understand. (laughs) Josh, I mean, mean, without a doubt, Josh Allen was more raw. uh, I agree. As as a quarterback. Uh, Now, Josh Allen had... I. That doesn't mean anything, right? We are merely asking who was raw at this point. Doesn't of mean course, anything. when I see but Malik Willis out here, I'm no. really impressed with his composure as a quarterback. Not mm-hmm. as a run-first guy, but as a pass-first guy. And he's made a huge emphasis on that, and he's done a really good job impressing me. Josh Allen, on the other hand, Josh Allen was a guy that uh, Josh Allen was a guy that couldn't couldn't hit the net in no. passing drills. Yeah. He was a guy that had a super strong arm, but his accuracy was not there. So without mm-hmm. a doubt, it's Malik Willis. But my thing with Malik is, Ryan, I'm not there. I, I, I'm not at the special stage with him. Now, he's still my number one. I still like him the most out of any of these guys here, but I don't see special on the legs yet. I don't see special in the arm talent yet. Uh, and it doesn't mean that I, that I can't get there. But uh, When I say that I see special, I just mean that the traits. I see special traits. He has special arm strength. He has special running ability. In my opinion, that doesn't mean that he's, you know, he's ready to go out there and be special in the NFL right now. But when I talk about him, I'm saying he has what it takes to to become one of those special talents that we see in the NFL right now that I feel strongly about that. Okay, what what, what, right now? It is hard in the NFL because to be special for the NFL, you know, being top 15th percentile. You're, you're a freak of nature. There are a few humans that walk the earth who can do what you can do. But still, top 15%, is that, is that high enough to be special? 
or is it more like okay with the legs very I mean, above average I think the legs I, – I am starting to lean towards special with the legs. And now that was a hard eval at, at Liberty, right? I was a bit on the fence. Mm-hmm. But the way he escapes from guys when he turns the corner at the senior bowl, plus what I've seen on tape, his ability to bounce off dudes and what have you, I, you might have me there. I, I'll give that to you. I'll give you a special. So when I think about him, I'm just thinking, oh, that's the best throw of the day. Play right of the there. day, fading to his left. Actually sailed a couple on that same like boot to his non-arm yep. side. Yep. And then he threw that dime, dropped it in the bucket. And we saw a lot of arm power, beautiful touch and pinpoint accuracy and ball placement on that one. Well, and one of the reasons why I really like him is I just keep mentioning it. His ability as a passer before mm-hmm. a runner. And what did he do there? He not only escaped really quick out of that, he could have continued to run and turn oh, that sure. into a, a six-yard gain, slid, got a positive game or positive play. Uh, but instead, he quickly sets his feet and then throws that really good ball. And especially rolling the opposite direction, the d- d- degree of difficulty. And again, composure as a passer really impressed me. Yeah, and, and you've made that a point of emphasis, and I've loved that. Sorry, I'm so, and I'll even admit that I'm too caught up in this. Sure, but I'm so caught up in it's fourth down, and there's this drive at the end of the game, and you have to go score, and it's like this quarterback has to buy you a bunch of time, and then just like unleash a, a bullet into a tight window, and I, and I'm just when I watch him out there, I'm like he can do that. Now, here is something that can scare you or can excite you, depending on where you want to be with Malik Willis. They were doing the drill where they've got the bags yes, there. I wanted and, to get to this. And yes. they've got to chop their feet and get over the bags. Yeah. They've got to keep their eyes on the target. And then they're throwing into the net. No one missed the net, a la Josh Allen. Yep. Not everyone hit the little targets every single well, time. By the way, this was a much smaller net, too, than the one yeah, Josh yeah, Allen yeah. was throwing very into. True. Yeah. Anyways. Zappy look good on those drills, by the way. It's a footwork drill, right? It's about keeping your mm-hmm. eyes downfield, mm-hmm. being able mm-hmm. to use your feet. And of the three quarterbacks we're watching, Zappy, Willis, Howell, Willis was miles behind the other oh, guys. Yeah, yeah, He's yeah. going super slow speed. It's right. Like slow-mo. And it's so funny because out of everyone, he has the quickest feet, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's clear that his footwork has not been refined. He's yeah. a guy who his whole life – He's been like, snap me the damn ball and let me just go make plays for you. And again, if you feel like you have a quarterback's coach in a in a system yeah. that can develop this, then that excites you, right? Mm-hmm. You're saying, if this is what this guy can do without ever really having to had to work on his feet, then what's going to happen when he becomes a quarterback right. in terms of his footwork? And it can scare you in the sense of, look, this guy has just been relying on his athleticism his entire life, and when you get to the NFL, it just doesn't work that way anymore. Um, You aren't that much more athletic than anyone on the field at any time. So that's a a fear for me um, because you just don't know. You don't know if a guy's going to be able to knock those habits away. Yes. Um, it's like, you know, Zach, when we play Madden, some people just snap the ball with their quarterback and they start running out of the pocket right, of the, right away, right? Malik Willis is not that guy. He's yeah. actually showed this week that he really wants to not be like that. But when you your whole life has have counted more on your athleticism than your um, fundamentals – can you break that habit and become fundamental? Because you really can't do it in the NFL yeah. without those fundamentals. Here's here's why right. I think Malik, and I just can't get this out of my head. Uh, he reminds me so much of Jalen Hurts, just in terms yeah. of body yeah. type. Kyler Murray is is not, uh, you know, he's he's a tiny guy. When you look at Malik Willis, he oh, is he, he is just oh, he's he's, he's like a, a tree trunk in terms of just you know and he's not very tall. He's six one, just like Jalen Hurts. He measures in a two twenty five. Jalen Hurts two twenty three this past year, so very similar body type, and also their game is similar. Uh, Jalen Hurts is not just a running quarterback. Now he ran for seven hundred and fifty yards last year, oh. uh, sixteen touchdowns, nine interceptions. That's not blowing you away, but you combine those together and you have people on one side. AKA Ryan saying that Jalen Hurts is going to be in the MVP conversation next year. And you have people on the other side, AKA every Eagles fan that <laughs> says they should absolutely cut him, get rid of him, trade him, maybe not cut him, but trade him. He, they don't want him as their quarterback. And that's why I see some teams this year falling in love with him and saying, 
wait, Jalen Hurts was in the second round. We can get this guy who's, you know, in the MVP conversation in the first round and it picked 15, it picked 10, maybe it picked nine. We're going to take that flyer on him. But other teams saying, no, 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 we, we don't want that guy. 16 touchdowns to nine interceptions. I, I see Malik Willis becoming a, a, a very polarizing player in this draft. Andre, let me ask you this. What's the number one thing holding back Jalen Hurts? I think it's throwing with anticipation. Okay. For me, it would just be... And from within the pocket, really, you know? For me, it would just be pure arm talent. Um, I don't think he has an explosive arm. And so he's able to make a lot of plays because he's such a great athlete. And he has a good enough arm. Yeah. But I think it's. I think it would be fair to say Malik Willis has a much more explosive arm than Jalen Hurts. It's interesting. I always thought Hurts didn't get enough credit for how explosive his arm could be, especially on the move. But you're right. We really haven't seen it from within the context of the pocket. And Malik is already flashing that for us. You guys have said it all. I just want to kind of set the scene for our listeners who weren't able to be in the rain at South Alabama with us. <laughs> it's setting up so nice. It starts with the the footwork drills you just analyzed so nicely where – Zappy, how they're like AP English uh, level of footwork. Uh, Malik is like a eighth grade eighth grade uh, reading level of footwork, you know. But we can get there. That's that's why we pay coaches millions of dollars. Um, and Clint Kubiak knows what he's doing, quarterback coach. But it starts like that. You talked about him being polarizing and people falling in love. Feels like the Lions coaching staff was already falling in love mm-hmm. because after that touchdown we showed you, only yeah. touchdown we saw a quarterback take his team, touchdown drive a quarterback lead his team on in 11 and 11s. All of a sudden, the last uh, the last several snaps of 11 show. and 11, we weren't switching out quarterbacks. It was just Malik, Malik, Malik. Yeah. I mean, this coaching staff seems to have really taken a liking to him, giving him more opportunities, and just – Everything about this setting, everything about the weather today, he is far from consistent. I want to make that clear. I saw a comment about, oh, if he won the two, the first two days um, and his biggest knock is inconsistency, then, uh, you know, eliminate that. No, he's been incredibly inconsistent, even on a play-by-play basis, even here. But the traits get you excited. And just there's an excitement to him, and it's not just in the stands with us. You're, you're starting to see it from the coaches just wanting to see more out of this guy. My Well, yeah, and it, and it should be noted that the one time today that he really didn't look good was that second-to-last 11-on-11 period, which he manned, where the defense was just like, well, we're just going to send six mm-hmm. on every right, play, right. and the offensive line had absolutely no idea what to do, and Malik was taking about one step and getting touched down uh, on every single one of those plays. And then I think that – I think, you know, maybe it was Dan Campbell, maybe it was someone else that, okay, let's do it again. Stop sending those crazy blitzes at these guys that they can't handle it. Yeah. And, he, you know, he, he made a few more plays getting down the field. Um, I thought it was clear he was the best player today, and especially from the quarterback position. And I thought that was essentially a reward for him yeah. from the coaches to say, all right, you're going to get a whole period to yourself here at the end of practice as a reward for being the best quarterback. Here's my most overarching take. I don't disagree with Zach's take that you don't have to be um, – our friend Nick Kendall uses the term a demigod at quarterback. You don't have to have these insane traits. You don't have to have a rocket arm and incredible legs to succeed in the NFL. But it's very clear that there is not one of those guys who doesn't have those things that is going to – that is, you know, a Mac Jones level of passer and diagnoser. That doesn't exist in this yeah. year's draft. Yeah. So my take is going to be that if you're going to take a quarterback at nine – um, or really at any time in the first round, depending on what moves you might make. The, if you're doing that this year, Malik Willis is the guy to do it. And, and maybe Matt Corral has some of those same qualities sure. that we're talking sure. about. We don't we don't get to see him t- this week, so he's not really part of the conversation right now. Yeah. But Malik Willis is your guy. You do have to go after demigod quarterback traits if you're trying to hit this year, and you got to be right. You know, it's like this is um, the – the debate of last year is like, do you go Trey Lance because he's so big and so strong and such a big arm? Um, or do you go Mac Jones? That doesn't exist this year. It's like, are you going to go try and go safe with a Kenny Pickett maybe who doesn't even feel safe anymore? 
or are you going to take a big swing? And to my, in my opinion, in this class, if you're going after a quarterback, you take the big swing and say, we can develop Malik Will. And one of the things you said about Trey Lance, which I agree, is special traits that he has. I was convinced Trey Lance had special traits. I think you were too. I, both of you were sure. as well. That's something I'm not there yet with Malik Willis. And in Good order man. to be con- to go off special traits, especially coming from a small school, you got to be convinced of that. You got to really like him. And that's something that I'm not sold on yet. Ryan, it seems like you're getting there and you're ready to potentially use that first round pick on him. Uh, but it is clear to me that he is separating himself from all these other guys. So if you don't get Aaron Rodgers, they don't trade for a, a tier two quarterback as well. He seems to be that guy right now. It's really funny because legitimately as I was going to sleep last night, I was thinking about just our conversation on the podcast, the practice and ranking Sam Howell number one yesterday. And, and I th- I think he did earn that, but I just couldn't stop thinking like if you're taking one of these guys, you just have to take, you have to go for the the higher level traits and, and he has the better legs. And then I was like, ho- really hoping that wasn't going to shape my entire view of practice today. And I was really relieved, like, when everyone else is saying, like, yeah, Malik looks great. Because I'm like, I can't tell if I'm, like, going crazy over here and I just want to see the good. <laughs> no, he legitimately took a step forward today. Uh, and I think he's uh, – I think it's fair to call him the talk of the town right now. Malik Willis is the talk of Mobile right now. He is. Mm-hmm. He, he absolutely is. And and this is big for him, especially because he went to Liberty. He needed to, sh- to prove that he wasn't just yeah. doing what he did right. last year right. against a very lesser competition. Now he's doing it uh, against the really good, uh, really good competition. Probably the most exciting possible outcome of the first two days of practice is Malik Willis looking like the best quarterback. Yeah. Yep. Can we put this all in context? Because I see, like, Ethan talking about, well, if the Lions like him, there's no chance the Broncos will even get a sniff at him at nine. I He's a long ways away from number one right now. Like, miles away. Miles away. I mean... I don't know, guys. I don't what know. did he do? What did what we just talked about? What did the Lions do at the end of practice? Yeah, they it said is the we, Lions coaching staff it, who said it's, it's your the, show now. Exactly, and they get to control how practice goes. And they did barely any teamwork today in terms of eleven on eleven. And when they did, they were making sure that they were putting Malik Willis in there. I don't for, think we're miles away from him. First and, and, overall seems bananas. This this is this is like what what I said the past two days on the show, guys. Is it we got to stop thinking that just the Broncos are going to get the first quarterback at nine? No, the NFL goes nuts over quarterbacks, and uh, who are they going nuts over this week? It's Malik Willis. Yeah. So I actually I, I I'm I'm not there to say that he's a lock for the number two pick to the Lions right now, but right, it's not crazy that he is skyrocketing from what. Uh, late first round pick yeah, entering exactly. this week exactly. to a top 10 pick. Yeah, good call. He, it's second, not first. It doesn't matter, um, especially since number one will not be a quarterback as far as I'm concerned. I'm not even convinced about that. Not that the Jags are going to take a quarterback, but that the Jags won't trade. Man, I could see a trade, of course. I, I, I just don't know think, if there's a quarterback oof. that someone's going to trade three first round picks to what if get it's to a, number one. What if it's a Jag saying we want to, or what if it's a Lions saying we want to get Malik Willis? So, not, well, so we're going to trade that, you guess, a third round pick to move one yeah, spot. The old Trubisky trade. Yep. That, that makes a little one. more sense to me. I will say he's, it, it, it feels like a stretch right now, but we're early. I mean, let's say Malik Willis goes to the combine and runs a, you know, runs a four, four. Wait, wait, uh, wait, wait, wait. You just said you see special in his legs special in his arm and then when i say top 10 pick you say whoa 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 i didn't say top 10 i said number two overall pick i'm not i'm not there yet but if he has special legs and a special arm why is it crazy to say that that he could be a top two pick it's not and that's what i'm just i'm just saying it's 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 early in the process yeah and i think as the process goes the quarterback's get more exciting and more yep. tantalizing and and I think it's it's very very possible that by the end of this whole process Malik Willis is at least getting buzz to go that early in the draft. Absolutely. Plus 10,000 on DraftKings so to go, go. get number one, 2 uh, one overall but you know trade off mm, yeah, the old swapper. That's why because the Jags. all the quarterbacks actually, yeah. Kenny Pickett's still plus three thousand, but I I wouldn't. Oh, that, don't put your money there. I, I certainly would. <laughs> um. So yeah, I mean, it. You know, when we were here a few years ago, I said 
by the end of this, Baker's going to be number one overall. I I don't feel that passionate um, about Malik at this point, but I do see an extremely electric arm, and I do see extremely electric legs, and I totally could see how the Detroit Lions could fall in love with that and just say, screw it, we'll develop him. You know, we don't have to start him. We have Jared Goff. So we'll give him a year and uh, and and go from there. I don't was, think that's I, I don't think it's crazy at all. Was Malik Willis actually the one breaking down the huddle, Ryan? Uh, he was in the dead center of it. Okay, and what was one of the reasons why the Broncos and people fell in love with Baker Mayfield at the Senior Bowl? Yes, he looked good on the field, but man, the swag, the leadership he had, the way he connected with Vance Joseph and the Broncos staff. If he's the one, if the Lions coaching staff is saying, Malik, break this down. Malik, stay on the field for multiple uh, end-of-game scenarios at the end of practice. Clearly... They see those special traits as well. They see those leadership traits. They're falling in love with them. So it's not it's not crazy to connect these dots. Well, and I also think uh, – go ahead. Well, as you guys brought in my view to what uh, some outside perspective to this draft class, this quarterback class can be, as opposed to me who's – you know, I'm, I'm in it year-round. Um, so I have some preconceived notions to get over on a lot of these guys. We've talked so much about the 2013 really crappy quarterback class, E.J. Manuel, Geno Smith, Matt Barkley. That's what this class gets compared to a lot. Starting to feel a little more like the Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, Paxton Lynch with Dak slipping to the third draft. Mm, The the Senior Bowl, how that class felt, feels more how this class felt. Than just the atrocity that was 13. So what you're saying is wait till day two and day three and mm. get Dak Prescott, a.k.a. Bailey Zappi. Or Carson Strong. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Maybe Carson Matt Carell's Strong, I think, is the one today who put on like the leadership show uh, in terms of like going on and dapping up his teammates and pumping his fists and getting everyone excited. That's, you show, know, bro. to me. And then I also think I did see, you know, I just think the, the guys who were like on um, Malik's little unit that they kind of go around with. they It did seem like they were gravitating towards him, uh, you know, going up and, and dapping him up after plays and stuff like that. So there's no Baker Mayfield here in terms of that quality. No. Um, but it is it is something that I do keep an eye on during these things is that you just would never be able to really see from, like, watching the tape is how are, how are they treating, yeah. you know, their teammates? Are they going and, like, trying to get guys hyped up? I mean, it's a senior bowl. It's not – it's different than when you're at like Clemson and you're going out there to play the ACC championship game. Like, I think it's a it's uh, the job of these quarterbacks to try and get their team riled up to compete a little bit. Well, and you haven't been around these guys at all, you know, let alone a year. You've been around for two days, and now you're supposed to lead them. But it kind of puts you in a similar situation as you're going to be as a rookie, as a first-round guy thrown in with guys who are 10 years old. And it's a very awkward situation. How do you handle yourself? Do you shrivel up, or do you take the right steps to first earn your teammates' respect and then start leading? It's a very small sample size this week, but it's something that you can see. Clearly, Baker Mayfield uh, really killed that the week he was here. He's got a swagger and coolness to him, too. Wasn't he kind of, like, dragging his feet when, like, in between plays at some point? But then when the play was on, he's, like, running past the, everyone, right? I was convinced that, like, he doesn't like the way his cleats fit or something. Like He's also got great vision and patience as a runner. That's something we kind of noticed. That's where he's Hertz-esque. Yeah. Like, he's a legit runner with vision and patience. Yep. Um, You guys are kind of getting me too excited about him. I I might have to take a cold shower. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I love this. I love that. Uh, All right. We're going to talk about some of the other guys that stood out today. Uh, But first, I want to talk about our friends over at Ball. They're hiring production technicians over at Ball, as in Ball Aerospace, as in Ball Arena, as in Ball the can plant that in 2021 produced over $100 cans which is just absolutely absurd zach's aunt julie works at ball she has great julie. things to say about it uh and you could be a production technician over at ball um, which is a great great gig with opportunities for advancement so check out our friends over at ball go to jobs.ball.com and search for golden or uh text golden to 77222 and you'll be linked directly to the open positions over at ball 
And you got to check out our friends over at Lightshade Dispensary, whether you go into one of their 11 Denver Metro locations or whether you're going online. Use the code DNVR to get 25% off each and every purchase. Again, that's online or that's in-store. And get Ripple because it's a fast-acting dissolvable, clinically proven to hit two times faster than the leading gummy. And it starts absorbing within 10 minutes so you can depend on a consistent experience every time, whether you're the casual or the connoisseur consumer, make sure to check them out because they have everything that you could imagine over there at Lightshade. And again, you can check them out online or in store. And when you do use that code DNVR for 25% off. Hell yeah. All right. Booyah. Let's move Hell on yeah. here. <laughs> Woo! Let's go. Well, let, uh, okay, we can get to the Super Chats right now. Let's do the Super Chats right now. Uh, but I do want to let Dre talk about some of the other standouts today because I don't want it to be only uh, quarterbacks here. So let's get these uh, Super Chats, and then we'll do that. The Super Chats are all, all QB-related. All right, we'll keep the QB conversation going. Uh, Steven Scholey says, give me liberty or give me death, or just give me Malik <laughs> Willis. Also, where is Mace? We talked about that a little earlier. There you go, Malik Willis. Um, I actually like was not expecting the Malik Willis thing to be like I I was hoping the Malik Willis that Malik Willis came here and was the best quarterback, um, but I was not expecting it. This is uh this is an exciting development. I, I was I was hoping for it definitely yeah. because he's he's the most dynamic guy that could that could be here and I wish Matt Corral was here because I think he could be giving him a run for his money as well and the good news is that Corral will be fine come the draft he will be fine hopefully come the combine uh, but he'll definitely be fine come the season yeah for sure all right what's next from Willie saw an interesting tweet uh, if Peyton didn't like Fields last year at nine why would he like Willis at nine maybe we trade back what do you think. Would not be surprised at a trade back, especially if they already have their quarterback of the future. You trade back, you get draft stock, especially if, let's say, the quarterback of the future is Jimmy Garoppolo or Kirk Cousins, more like a quarterback for this year and then we'll see about next year. Then you trade back, get more assets to potentially move up next year. Yeah, um, Willis and Fields is an interesting comparison because Fields was certainly more refined. Oh, um, no doubt. Bigger, stronger. Mm-hmm. Um what about what about arm strength? From within the pocket, I trust Fields' arm strength more. Fields' is big knock, processing speed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which can always be a big concern. All, all these cases, though, in a vacuum, it's a singular player evaluation. These aren't generic player types. Right. And you can go through his tenure with the Vikings. Yeah, they invested big money. And someone like Kirk Cousins, they also used a really high pick on a raw mobile quarterback like Christian Ponder. And, of course, Nathaniel Hackett's going to factor in in a major way. Right. Teddy Bridgewater as well. Uh, Who was obviously a lot more mobile before the big knee injury. A hundred percent. Right. So I think um, it kind of reminds me of Kenny Pickett, frankly. Um, I – yeah. I don't. I don't want to put that evil on him because I just know that'll make Broncos fans be like, "We're we're good, we're out." But I. But I'll be honest with you. My love for 2014 uh, Teddy Bridgewater does give me a bit of buyer's remorse. You know, it it makes me a little more skeptical on Kenny Pickett because I know that's a guy who's refined and polished tape early in my career. I really would have liked, and now I've had to learn the hard way and see these guys with those traits really blow up when maybe they didn't have the most refined games or tape in college. And that's, uh, that's where you need to kind of shift your perspective. Yep. And the other thing when it comes to like a raw quarterback is if you run the West coast, right, you should be able to make things easier on them. And this is something we have always said is like a lot of these RPO spread guys have a lot of the traits that would work great in that classic Shanny yes. uh, West Coast. You know, put them on the boot, get them on the move, do all that kind of stuff. Like, and uh, it would work. Unfortunately, I think that ended up being a massive flaw in the Broncos' evaluation of Paxton Lynch. Is they kind of let some other things, other concerns, hmm. go by the wayside because they were just like, well, this guy's like tall and athletic, right. and he can really throw it, and we'll just make things easy for him. He obviously had processing speed issues. He had dedication issues, that sort of stuff. And I just think they were like, let's just take the traits and throw them in there. Hopefully that's a lesson that maybe John can pass on to George Payton is like, hey, 
it's true that the traits can develop in this system. Just make sure he checks off all the other boxes, the leadership, all that, all that good stuff. So what I'm hearing though yeah. from this is looking at from the other side and hearing, okay, you don't, you don't have to have the most talented guy and and the most special guy in this system to have success. Choose a second round pick on someone. Let's use that first pick <laughs> on a right tackle or something like that. But if if I'm sitting in the room and George Payton hears this this way, then it could go the other way. Yeah, I don't think it's not necessary. It's just that the rawness, you you can make things easier for a guy who may be more raw by getting him out on the boot and giving him a half field read. And it's a high low, you know, it's either you dump it down or you hit the guy yeah. coming on the cross or like that doesn't require elite Mac Jones, yes, spread him right. out five that's wide, right. identify the defense and pick your, pick your matchup. Right. It's the opposite of that, right? It's get the defense, get the linebackers sucked in open up the middle of the field, try to hit something coming across. If not, you have a check down. Yeah, and you're playing one to two read football. I mean, it's what we've seen the Chargers do with Herbert early in his career. The, I mean, not so much this season, but early in Josh Allen's career, we saw that a lot, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, uh, there are ways to adjust for sure. Another super chat from Brian Parr, a big Malik Willis fan. <laughs> uh, I've been telling you guys about Malik. Give me zone read with Willis and Javante all day. Also, Zach, your CPU won its game Let's today go, in the Madden baby. League. Let's go, baby. Let's go. I woke up early uh, and got my game in with uh, the homie Dan across the pond. And you also won your game. And I also won my game to take uh, first place in the NFC North. Huge. We all get there different ways, but we all win games. Hey, you know, yeah. I like it. You trust your guys. You know, I trust my guys. Great management skill. Yep, Just yep. put your players in a position <laughs> right. to succeed and let them go. Real I'm like, uh, yep, yep. CEO, head coach. You yeah, know, yes. that yeah. kind of. Just from a bird's eye view, you're I'm, watching about I'm your guys. Pat Bolin, you're Jerry Jones. Oh, okay. Someone, someone whoa, successful. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> Who yeah. has more championships? Oh, I can't remember right now. <laughs> um. All right. Uh, I think that is the last super chat we have for right now. So, I know we have questions. Uh, I also tell you guys that if we don't get to those questions today, we are going to be doing a podcast. Early in the morning tomorrow before we have to check out. Unfortunately, uh, we got the news today that tomorrow's Senior Bowl practice will be indoors. And because there's not space, we're not invited. Uh, only like NFL Network Ouch. and ESPN and those guys got the invite. Yeah. So we're not going to be able to watch practice tomorrow. So we're going to be doing an early podcast, um, kind of tying a bow on everything, talking a little bit more about the Broncos news that exists out there in the world because there's a ton of it right now a lot of coaching staff stuff so if you're saying oh why aren't they talking about that we're gonna talk all about that stuff tomorrow morning and hopefully hit a lot more of your questions so uh i do want to make sure we get a little more senior bowl talk in here uh, and talk about some of the other guys i want to start with trey mcbride we saw the big catch right. that he had there today um maybe the catch of the day yep um, two days in a row two days in a row and best pass catcher on the field Wide receivers included in, in Mobile? I, I think so. I have no reason yep. to say no. I mean, one thing we saw today was passages going right through tons of receivers' yeah, hands, and, yeah. and not a huge fault to, to all of them, but not through not with Trey McBride, though. Yeah, this dude is a really interesting case at tight end because he is way smaller than I expected. And as someone who's met him in person... Height-wise. He's huge, yes. Um, but when you stand him up next to, like, some of these other tight ends who are here in Mobile, yeah, he right. almost looks like a slot receiver. Yes, um, right. And I think that in certain ways he could be used in that role in the NFL. But what Trey McBride lacks in straight height, he makes up for in a lot of different areas. And I think the biggest area is his arm length. What did you say his arms were? 35 uh, inches. Oh, gosh, yeah, they're over 35 inches. So if you think when we're drafting an offensive tackle high, we need at least over 33 and a half. He's over not just 34, but 35. This is a massive human being. And I mean, because of that, right, you're, you get an insane catch radius, and he really uses that as a skill. Um, he's using his body to keep the defender away while he uses those arms to get yeah. uh, out there and make catches. Uh, and I think it's one of those things where, like, we're talking about elite traits. Yeah. It's a sneaky elite trait that he has these super long arms and he knows how to use them. His route um, running's also flashing elite. And, it, and, and his he contested is, ball skills are starting to flash elite. So 
checking off some real boxes. And, and because he has those long arms, he's very good in the run game. I think yeah. he made big strides there. So yeah. Trey McBride, man. Um, so then really quick, Ryan, how concerned are you with his short stature being 6'3"? Because if he can run the routes, he can catch the balls, he can especially contest it. And then he can also run block. Does it matter? Sir, not at all. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah. Um, he, but it just it was jarring to me when I saw him yeah, standing surprising. next to all the other tight ends. Mm-hmm. Just the first thing we saw before they went out there and played, it was like, oh, you know, because especially when you come from a small conference, people are going to look for reasons to say, well, oh, how is he able to do that? Oh, well, he's a little too small for the NFL, but he's able to do it in that smaller conference. Right. And then he comes out here in the Senior Bowl and just balls out, and that's why the Senior Bowl is so valuable for guys like this, um, because if if you were just comparing his size to some of these other guys and looking for reasons to knock him, you could. You put him out there against NFL talent, and he shines like he has been, you can put those concerns to bed. How yeah. about this? We're talking about Colorado State and Liberty as two of the two of the big schools here. Great point. Yep. All right, 100%. Dre, you want to talk about some of your other standouts? Yeah, Kingsley and Igbare, a real standout for South Carolina. Edge rusher, basically unblockable all day. Uh, got a one-on-one against a sacrificial land that was the San Diego State <laughs> tight end. Dominated, just buried him in the dirt. Was it's really unfair. like making it impossible <laughs> to run the little three-on-two run drills they like to do because he was breaking those up one-on-ones. Devastating, great combination of bend and power. Very consistent producer for the Gamecocks. He's really flashed. Guy often lined up opposite of him on that same team, Jermaine Johnson, Florida State. We highlighted how he ended the practice at a really um, high level for the Lions team yesterday. He again flashed. And Neil Farrell, shout out to our our guy Saul Bookman, who's been talking about him a lot on the PHNX Cardinals. The LSU graduate defensive tackle has just been a tank. He is in the backfield constantly we've seen a few really dominant defensive tackle performances the other one is Otio Ogbanya out of UCLA wow he's been just like a beast and then some small school offensive linemen have really flashed for me as well um our guy I called him Cole Turner on one of our videos because I'm literally losing my mind out here (laughs) I meant Cole Strange uh you will never I'll never forget that name again Cole Strange Chattanooga, Tennessee, guard, really impressing, really showing a strong anchor and some nice sideline-to-sideline mobility. One of the few guys who held his own against those dominant defensive linemen. I got to get a last name in because he flashed consistently. We talked about him a lot, and he actually slipped my mind in our video updates. Perian Winfrey, number 95 for Oklahoma all these other defensive tackles I talked about built like tanks. He's an interior defensive lineman. Length and strength doing some really impressive stuff. Um, I'm going to have to tone it down with the hand gestures now because I'm starting to go like this, and I don't know where I'm going with <laughs> uh, this. No, I love that. Zach's Great. got himself in trouble for hand gestures <laughs> on the show before. <laughs> I, I love that. I was fist pumping those. or something. That's right. Uh, <laughs> Uh, one thing that I love about that, Dre, is the Broncos could absolutely use an interior defensive yes, lineman in this draft. They were hoping Mike Purcell was the answer, and since he signed his new deal, he's he's he has not been able to be counted on. Uh, and even at that position, you could always use another guy. So defensive, right. b- big nose tackle defensive guy, or you have the option to get another defensive end there. I, I'd love right. it. I love right. it. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, I got to give a couple of mine. One, let me make sure I get his name right um, because I just had it in front of me. Calvin Austin. Now, he will stand out to you because he is the smallest dude on the field by far. Yeah. Uh, wearing 83 out there with the Memphis Tigers, Tiger Stripe helmet on. I just, I'm so intrigued by this guy because he is legitimately tiny. But he knows how to use that to his advantage. He gets in and out of breaks really quickly. Mm-hmm. He has um, an impressive burst. He's at wide receiver. Now... I don't know if there's a need for the Broncos there. Obviously, they have K.J. Hamler that they're kind of hoping to fill the the small speedster role, and this guy is, like, significantly smaller than even him. Uh, but he stood out, and then you got to help me with the name of the Florida Atlantic running back. Oh, oh, God. Because there's both a Price and a Pierce. It's 
my brain I believe it's gets Price. Sent. Okay, there you go. Uh, I think you're right. There's yeah. so many names out here. Yeah. Uh, Price, I don't know his first name off the top of my head right now. I'll have it. Uh, running back out of Florida Atlantic. I believe it's International. Florida. Florida, yeah. Florida, gosh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dang it. Florida International. Devontae Price, yes. Devontae Price is another one that I like these guys who stand out for being unique, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. He doesn't look like a running back. He looks like a wide receiver. In years past, that might have been a negative thing. But what did, what happened in the NFL this year? Yeah. You got running backs who look like wide receivers and wide receivers who look like running backs. And guys who are able to pl- fill multiple roles. And of course, the two main ones, Cordero Patterson and yeah, Debo Samuel. Absolutely. I love the idea of this guy who has these long legs, but, all, but is able to kind of use his... Uh, stature to slip through holes because he's kind of – he's not necessarily thin. Right. He's just built in an interesting way. Um, but then he has this incredible burst out of the backfield, and he's tall, 6'3". Yeah, he is, right. He's a, he's a longer guy, but he's bursty. And I just love the idea of motion him out of the backfield. Yeah. All of a sudden you have this tall, fast, lanky guy out there on a linebacker. It's basically a wide receiver on a linebacker matchup. These types of matchups and, and um, you know, mismatches that you can create with a guy who has the such unique skill set excites me. So those two are, those two guys, for kind of being unique, are easy to catch your eye, but I, I, I'm, I'm very intrigued by both of them. Yeah, and I'll throw one more name out there. Velas Jones, wide receiver from Tennessee. He's mm. a guy that's just always open, and today he was the recipient of Sam Howell's deep balls, uh, and whether it's short, whether it's long, he's, he's getting open. Broncos don't really have a need for wide receiver, certainly, but they've taken late-round flyers on guys from the SEC. He's a name that, that's sticking out to be that guy if the Broncos are going to go that route this year. One more I'll throw in uh, as we're talking about Colorado guys, Trey McBride is Chad Muma, uh, the Wyoming linebacker. And, and, Dre, you've made an interesting point that he's kind of following the Logan Wilson yeah. path. Um, and I loved what you guys were talking about on the draft pod previewing the Senior Bowl is, like, you can kind of – it can kind of be lazy, right? You're comparing yes. a guy to a guy mm-hmm. who went to the same school and played the same position. It's, like, really easy. But then Justin had the counterpoint of like, but it can also help him, right? Yep. In the draft process when teams are like, oh, well, he's just like Logan Wilson. Um, and clearly they've got something good over there when they're coaching linebackers. And I think he does flash some of the same abilities. He really flies yep. uh, around yep. on the field. So not going to be your run-plugging, run-stuffing linebacker. Mm-hmm. But when things start getting out on the edge or you need him to get in coverage, right. he flies. Uh, and he's, he's really flashed to me. Lone Tree, Colorado native. So. Uh, Saul just sent me his guy a video of him. Yeah, so let's, Neil let's watch uh, Neil Farrell. Yeah, just flattening. That people. just looked way too easy. Anyway. That doesn't even look real. He just <laughs> manhandles like a tank rolling through. He there. actually did that to Zion Johnson, who I thought was a standout yesterday and had a rough day today in the rain, and it was just incredible to watch. There, uh, in these one-on-ones, you just don't see it that often. Uh, so when you get to see these one-on-ones, it's just crazy how many like absolute dominations there are. Watching that play does remind me. I wanted to make the point. D-line really dominated the O-line for the most part the last two days. Malik Willis felt the most comfortable as constant pressure was coming. Mm. I think it's that idea of just like, if I got it, I'll just, I'll just run. Yep. He's like, I don't want to, I don't need to, but if I if I have to, I'll go. Yep. Uh, all right, any other standouts you guys wanted no. to mention? Mm-hmm. Any other super chats we need to hit? No super chats. All right, then, like I said... If you left a comment, we'll get to it in the morning. We're going to do an early morning podcast, so you guys will have that uh, tomorrow when you're, you know, whatever, going about your day. Uh, But I think that's going to wrap it up for tonight. Appreciate everyone who tuned in. This was a great, great conversation. Some exciting stuff happening out here in Mobile. And, again, we'll be right back with you tomorrow, so stick with us.